Hey guys, welcome to the He Said, She Said podcast with Josh and Danielle, where we talk about our marriage, family, and the everyday stuff that we all face. We don't always agree on everything, and we certainly don't have it all figured out, but we know that God does. We're so glad you're here. Danielle, why don't you start us off today? I just said, <laughs> you start us off. I said, do you want to open it? And you said, no. And then you start by saying, why don't you open our podcast today? Hey guys, welcome back to yet another week of the He Said, She Said podcast. It's so great to be back with you again. Yes, we're happy to be back. Yeah, and we've got a little bit of springtime weather. Last week we had like 70s and 80 degree days. Yeah. It was like almost spring. It feels like spring. Well, it's getting there. Yeah. I mean, you know. We'll see. We'll see. So, you, uh, what? Why are we talking about the weather? I like, these people are strangers. These are our friends. You talk about the weather with strangers. Anyways, um, so Danielle wrote a book. That's not true. We, <laughs> it is 100, 100% true. <laughs> Okay. Last week, he he accused me of being an over preparer. And this week, she um, made that accusation be reality. Yeah, I really. Y'all, today we're talking about the roles and responsibilities of women. And so we agreed that I would take the lead on... Um, getting the preparations ready for this lesson, that I would take the lead on the conversation. And I remembered, I'm not good at this. No, you're great at it. You just no. <laughs> you just wrote, I think, like sitting in front of us right now is like eight pages of notes for a 30-minute conversation. Well, I am not. Okay, listen. Do you remember freshman year when we had to write a research paper? Um, I remember not very much about that long ago. Okay. That was well, a long time ago. I remember this <laughs> simply because it was, I think, second semester freshman year, and we had to write our big research paper. They were teaching us how to write a research paper. Was this like EN 101 or something like that? Uh, I think it was 102. Okay. 101 is like grammar, and 102 is like writing. See, I told you I don't remember much. Oh, dear. From that long ago. Oh, dear. Anyways, so 102, I had to write this big research paper, and I loved my teacher. His name was Mr. Atala. He was the best. I really, really loved him. And so we had to write this research paper. I was writing a research paper on um, the Billy Graham. You literally remember what you wrote. I don't even remember writing a research paper, much less what I wrote on. Listen to me carefully. The paper was supposed to be six to eight pages, <laughs> and I wrote 19 pages. That is ridiculous. <laughs> like, I, that is completely uncalled for. It is ridiculous. I couldn't stop myself. I was like, this is all good stuff. This is all good stuff. Like, this stuff would really beef up the research paper. Okay. I wrote 19 pages. I turned in my first draft, and my teacher, Mr. Tala, he's the best. He was like, um... Yeah, no, I can't accept a 19-page <laughs> research paper from you. 
So this is exactly why I enjoyed my college experience and you did not. And I didn't because there is a part of me that wants to like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. If I'm going to write a paper about Billy Graham, we're going to know everything there is to know about Billy Graham and the Billy Graham movement. Yeah. And like I loved college. I would go back to those days. And I did not. And I would not. I would go back to our grad school days. Because by then, we were married. We only took like one or two classes a semester, and we were working most of the time. And we just had a great group of friends, and we really, really enjoyed that time. I did anyways. I did not enjoy college people because of how I am. You're I'm, a perfectionist. Yeah. And I... And I, an over-preparer. Can we admit it this week? Oh, uh, I don't want to. Yeah, but can we? I admit... I am an over-preparer. Thank you. Thank you. Because- So what I said last week was accurate. Yes. But also what I said last week was accurate. You are an (laughs) under-preparer. Okay. So, okay. Fine. Touche. Point taken. We balance each other. That's why God put us together. Except yeah. I drive myself crazy with my overpreparedness. Well, like I I remember in college you were stressed to the max just about all the time. Yeah. I had to do all my I was a music major, I had to do all my practice hours. I also worked on campus, so I had to work for like 12 hours a week. And then I wanted to get really really great grades and I put a lot of pressure on myself. Now, if I could go back Parents cover your children's ears, maybe. If I could go back and do it again, I would totally take on the mantra of C's make degrees. I don't know if I could do it, but I would you want to do You could not do that. You, you could not you do that. You don't think so? Like, I was the exact opposite of you, though. I, I was just laid back, and it was well, kind of like... Case in point, exegesis the Friday before yes, it was due on yeah, Monday. Yeah, that, that is a good point. But... I mean, I I enjoyed my college career. Like, I, I loved it. And I still got decent grades. Yeah, that's the problem with you. What? I, what do you mean that's the problem, that's the with, problem you? with you? Listen, I am not that smart. I yes, will, you are. No, no, no. I will 100% like own up to it. I am not that smart. Not as smart as you. Okay, I'm saying what, this. Hold on just a second. Can you repeat that? I know. Just say I, it. No, no, no. I didn't hear you. Can you say that you again? You lie. Just say it one more time. I, I just need to make sure that I actually heard what I think I heard. Maybe I should take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel as though I am not as smart as you, but I work hard. I you work do hard. work hard. You so do work hard. So I got better grades than you because I worked harder, but you were smarter because you could just uh whip out a b plus paper okay so i that just reminded me that reminded me so when we were in grad school you'll remember this well danielle when we were in grad school um (laughs) we had to do a book report on we were in the same class and we didn't share classes like i i we weren't in I don't know any other classes that we were in the same class, were we? We were in evangelizing children together. Okay. So, but then in grad school, we only shared that one class, Just that right? one class. So in this one class, I don't even, what was the name of the class? You see how much I remember from college days. It's it's bad. Like, I remember the fun things, but I don't remember Philosophy the school Philosophy of education. Philosophy of education. Um, that's the reason I don't remember it. Uh, yeah, so we were in that class together, and we had to read this book for a book report. 
or at least we thought it was for a book report, right? And no, we, we yeah. We so, had so to anyways, read this book, and we the, knew we were going to be tested on it. The book was called The Long War Against God. You remember the name of the book? I do remember the name of the I book because I still have it. And it was a long war just to read the book. Um, it, it it's was a very deep book. So hard to read. Yeah, and and so, so hard. We again, were married already. Uh, again, you know, parents maybe cover your kids' ears for a minute, but I didn't read the book. <laughs> I thought I am not going to read the book. I'm going to skim the book, and I'm going to turn to the very back of the the cover, and I'm going to read the back of the cover. And so Danielle, you know, again, we're married at the time, so we're living, you know, in the same apartment, obviously. And she is, you know, every Killing night, every myself. night reading, reading this book. Killing myself to read this book. So it finally comes the day that we're supposed to have our test on the book. So we go into class and he says, pull out a three by five card. And he proceeds to give us a quiz on the book. It's just a quiz. Which... Number one, it was just a quiz. Number two, it was 10 questions, and I got nine of the questions right. One of the questions. I didn't read the book. The only question I missed was. Did you read the book? (laughs) (laughs) He missed one question. He got a 90 on the quiz. Now, I'm just saying that was an inordinate amount of work for it to be one question on a quiz. It was ridiculous. I was so, so mad because I was like, you better read this book. You need to read this book. And you're like, eh, it's fine. I'll be all right. And I was like, no, no. This is a big part of our grade. We should read this book. So in some ways, at some times, procrastination pays off. Only ever at that time. (laughs) (laughs) Not normally, okay? So if you are listening to this and you are a college student, do your work, especially if you happen to be in one of my classes that I teach at Veritas. Make sure that you are are getting that work done. Do your work. And okay, we're talking today about the roles, and you know this the, leads perfectly into it. The roles of women. How does that lead perfectly into? It? I don't know because I I remember being in college. I remember going to school, and I remember feeling like, hey. The playing field is level. Like, I am going to be recognized and rewarded based upon my merits, based upon the work that I do. I'm going to be rewarded based in my home, you know, when I was living at home, with my, based upon my obedience and my respect to my parents. Ugh. And then I had... Um, to marry you. <laughs> what, what in the world? How, why do you say it that way? What does that even mean? Like, what are this you, is what, what are you I mean. About? We did not talk about, um, and y'all today, we're not, I'm not preaching because I'm not that kind of person. I'm not a man. So, <laughs> just kidding. Um, I, we're just going to talk. But I, I remember that when, when we got married, I was going to work, and you were going to work, and I was going to school, and you were going to school, but there was some difference when we got home from work and school. Yeah, so it like you came into marriage kind of with this with this mentality that you know there was not much difference between maybe maybe can we say it this way a, a misunderstanding or really a a non understanding of the roles of 
husbands and wives? I wouldn't say that it was a non-understanding. I would say that because of how I was raised, I was of the opinion that we would work together, Mm -hmm. maybe. Um, Not because I didn't understand, like, you were the head of the house. You know, you were the leader in the relationship, and I was the help me. Not really a misunderstanding of that, a misunderstanding of how that looks maybe right in marriage and to you because of how you were raised i mean your assumption was hey you're the wife you take care of the house you this is what this is your responsibility this is your job and for me it was like wait a minute we both have jobs we're both going to school we both live here and make this mess like we should share these responsibilities because of how i was raised yeah and i think a lot of that goes back to our conversation on expectations and I would say this, that a lot of that is true. A lot of what you just said is true, that that we should share those responsibilities and that we are equals. But certainly the Bible is clear. And really, that's that's the conversation of today is we talked for the last couple of weeks about the 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 biblical expectations of a husband in marriage. But the Bible is clear that that the wife has some expectations, some biblical expectations um, as well. And so really that's kind of what the conversation is about today. Sure. I will say I knew going in and you knew going in that I was going to struggle in this area. Do you remember when I said my vows to you? (laughs) Let's talk about this. Yes, I do remember this. I don't know. I think we might even have a picture of this, of me saying to honor and obey. That's exactly how I said it. It was like I I closed my eyes. I struggled to get the words out. Like literally everybody in the congregation, everybody in the audience laughed because I struggled to say it. But man, I felt that deep within my soul, like it is going to be really hard. Well, I think part of it is that you you are a strong personality. Right. And you have a, a strong personality. Um, and so there's, you know, there are people who don't have strong personalities and that's okay. Right. It's just different. It's not better. My, my Spanish teacher in high school always used to say, it's not better. It's not worse. It's just different when she was talking about different cultures. <laughs> and that's so true about so many things in life that it's not better. It's not worse. It's just different. And that's right. okay that God has created us differently. But um, I'll be honest. I think a lot of us struggle with that because I mean, in my mind, it was like, I have to obey like maybe, you know, I, I did, maybe I did lack a, a basic understanding of exactly what that meant. Here I am thinking I'm mature, I'm responsible, I'm intelligent, I'm capable, I'm educated, like I'm just as good as you are, but I have to obey you. Yeah, and I think it's important that, you know, that I understood in that moment that that was not something that I was, I was given the the ability or the the latitude to take advantage of you know you know what i mean mm. i think as like like husbands we have to understand that just because god has given us that headship and we talked about this last week a little bit um but i have to understand that just because you made that vow to me to honor and to obey that it's not like oh well, now i can boss her around now i can tell her what, what she needs to do right does that make sense yeah that does make sense but, you know, at the time, it just felt like, 
opposite of what I felt was right or what I felt was just, it's just not fair. Like, why do I have to obey mm. him? You know, it, it was really, really hard for me to handle. And as you said, it's, it was especially difficult for me because of my personality. Right. Because I am a type A perfectionist, go-getter. And, a, and if I'm being completely honest, I felt like sometimes I was more capable of making you wise felt like decisions. you were smarter than I was smarter than a Joshua yeah <laughs> I did I felt like I'm just as good just as smart and um, and by the way those things are true you are you are smart and you are good and you are capable of making these decisions and you know God's encouragement to you or to to ladies to submit doesn't necessarily take that you know it doesn't diminish that in any way right but it it feels like it. Right, right. And it felt like it to me. And because I was such a go-getter and you were more laid back, I was like, well, I'm going to be large and in charge. You know what I mean? Even though I know that you're the leader, in practice, that wasn't really happening. And we were butting heads a whole lot because I would not – well, let's just say it. I was filled with pride. Like, I would not – submit um because i thought that i knew better um and essentially in doing that i was saying like not only do i know better than you but uh i know better than god because right. i'm not willing right, right. to tr trust his plan for my life i mean and the answer to that is do i know better than god of course not of course i don't know better than god um but god is very clear about our roles men and women are different um at the basic cellular level i mm -hmm. mean genetically we are different creatures um and, and that's intrinsic that can't be changed but i had a i had a really really hard time understanding that and accepting that we were different and that we had different roles and that we had different responsibilities right. um but because we are different Men tend to be independent or outward, initiating. Um, women tend to be more interdependent, inwardly perceptive, and nurturing. Um, but that's not always true. Sometimes our personalities are different. Well, and I think that's an important thing for us to to you know stop and and talk about for a minute. That our personalities, mine and yours, are are very different. And probably for those of you listening. Your personality and your spouse's personality are very different. Like, I'm very much an outgoing person. Like, I enjoy people. I'm energized when I'm around people. You're not. No. You kind of like, not that you don't enjoy people and not that you don't enjoy being around people, but that rather than energizing you, it kind of zaps your energy. Like, right. when you're done with, with a, a gathering, um, you're kind of like ready to take a nap. And for me, I'm like, yeah, let's go, you know? Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's that about our personalities. You're a perfectionist. I'm not, mm. um, you are a, an over preparer. I am a procrastinator. You are. <laughs> and so there's all these different things about our personalities that just, if we're not careful, cause us to have this clash. And if, if we can't understand and assume the roles that God has given to us, then we're never going to be able to um, minimize those moments in our marriage where we where we have those where we have that conflict right. and we clash. And I think sometimes for people, um, 
some, for some couples, because of their personalities, it might be a little bit of an easier transition. I mean, sometimes in the person uh, in the relationship, the woman is more laid back and the husband is more take charge, and that kind of um, le- lends itself more to fulfilling these roles a little bit easier but in our case like there was a role reversal you're more laid back and I'm more take charge and so we had to really work through that um but we know in scripture we we can see in scripture that God made men and women complementary and I think we've talked about that in in here before um but just in how we see um you know, how procreation takes place. It takes a man and it takes a woman. We, we see that they're complementary. In um, Genesis 2, 18, um, where God says it's not good that man should be alone. Um, we see that in Genesis 2, verses 21 and 22, where he says, um, basically, where he takes the rib out of the man and he makes the woman. So neither were whole without the other one and and in Genesis 2:24 it says they too shall be one flesh. So the roles that he assigned us in scripture are clearly complementary. Um they allow us to work together each with a clear distinct yet different job, but we do work perfectly together. Yeah, and I, I think that God in his perfect wisdom and in his perfect knowledge knew exactly what he was doing. When he created man. But it's interesting that he says there in Genesis chapter 2 for the very first time. So in chapter 1, he creates the world. I mean, he creates everything that's in it. And after every every day of creation, he looks at what he's created and he said, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. And then he creates man and he's like, it's not good. <laughs> and <laughs> it's not that the man wasn't good, but it was that he didn't want Adam to be alone. He realized at that moment that Adam had a a need for this horizontal relationship. He had a need for a companion. He had a need for someone to come alongside him. And so he compliments Adam with the, the, the woman, with Eve. And he does so by taking Adam's rib and, and creating woman directly out of man. And I love um, Genesis 2.23 because Adam now kind of gets poetic. And he says in verse 23, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And so in that moment, Adam looks at, at Eve and he realizes the, the vastness of what God just created. This is another human being, yet it's another human being who's very different, but now is going to compliment him here on earth. Right. And so we see in scripture that as we talked about before, men are to be servant leaders. I mean, we talked about that last right, the last right. couple of weeks. They're, they're called to headship. But we women are called to be companions. And this is, this is what I struggled with. I'm just a helper. Like, I'm just merely a helper, a little old helper. Right. But <laughs> when, you, when you actually begin to study that, like the help meet term is – way bigger and way greater than just, oh, you're my little assistant. Right, right. And we will get to that. Let's talk about um, Genesis 2.18. Can you read that? Genesis 2.18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for me. So basically, God said, it's not good that this man is alone. 
he's insinuating that um, Adam, in particular, needs a companion. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think there's a clear statement there that, that Adam needs a companion. He needs somebody that's going to come alongside him. Right. So if we think about what a companion is, defined a companion is one that accompanies another person or one that keeps company with another, joins or accompanies another on a journey. Um, if you think about your vows, when, when you said your vows, let me see, I have them right here. We talk about um, loving him, honoring him, and keeping him in sickness and health and poverty as in wealth, forsaking all others, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, for, in sickness and in health. You know, we talk about, we talk about this companionship. You know, we are going to do life together. We vowed to do life together. We vowed that we are going to be companions. Um, and that's beautiful. That's a beautiful picture because the the definition says one who accompanies another on a journey. That's a journey of our life. Right. So we, we talked about this a little bit. What's the difference in companionship and friendship? Because, um, you, you know, when you when you think about those two terms, they can be sometimes used interchangeably, but you actually have, have, I think, come up with a really good answer to that question, Danielle. What's the, how does companionship and friendship, how do they look different? Well, in my mind, um, companionship is good. It's a very good thing. It's a commitment that we've made to each other that we are going to do life together. Um, we are going to be together. We're committed, like I said, for better, for worse. But friendship almost takes it to another level. It's like we are committed to this relationship. We're committed to being together. But we're going to have fun while we do it. Yeah. So companionship, I mean, they're, they're both a choice, obviously. Like you chose to commit yourself to your spouse. And Danielle, you chose to commit yourself to me and you chose to say those words on that on that day that we got married. Right. But friendship is this like daily choice. It's like there's to me, the way that you explain it is so beautiful because there's this intentionality behind what friendship is. Mm -hmm. So even though we're different and you and I, you know, we have we, we are very different people. But even though we are very different people, we make intentional choices to um, build and create that friendship and that int intimacy in our relationship. Right. Yeah, we, we look for common ground. Um, and I think that, that that is really important. There there are not a lot of things that we have in common, but where we, where we do have things in common, we try to focus a lot of our energies on those things. Yeah. So that we can, you know, we can enjoy one another. But... You know, that's what companionship is. God said that it wasn't good that Adam in particular was alone and um, he wanted to create a companion for Adam. Yeah. And so he calls he calls them in verse 24 then of Genesis chapter two to leave and to cleave. And this is where we see this is where we see marriage instituted in the Bible. Right. In Genesis 2.24. You've chosen to commit yourself to this one person. You are going to create another family unit independent of your family. Um, and leave is, in the Hebrew, it just means to leave, to loose, to forsake, to let loose, to let go free. Cleave means to follow hard after, to cling to, to keep close. Um, so 
what does that look like if you choose to marry practically? Well, I think that like this is a very important thing because but for both men and women, I would say probably more so for women, for, for many women, it's more difficult to leave their family right. and to cleave now to their husband, Cut especially, yeah, especially for those who, who, and, and this is, this is oftentimes very typical. The, the a daughter is daddy's daddy's daughter, right? Especially mm-hmm. if she's, if, if she's the only one. And so many times I think it's hard for us to say, okay, I'm, I'm getting married and I'm detaching myself from my family and I'm attaching myself to my spouse now, but that's exactly what God has called us to. So in the Greek, you just mentioned the, the word leave there to leave loose or forsake, to let loose, set free or let go. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a big deal, right? I mean, we are, we're, we're leaving the family unit that we've grown up in for 20 years, 20, 25 years, however old you are when you get married. And now we're cleaving to this new person. And so it's a big decision that we're making. And this is why who we choose to marry is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, because now I'm making this commitment to this person. And I'm making a commitment to now leave my family. It doesn't mean that you won't ever do anything with them again. It doesn't mean that you'll never talk to them again, that you'll never see them again, obviously. But what it does mean is that all your affection and all of that love that you poured for so long into your parents is now being poured into your spouse. Right. And so you, you ladies need to ask yourself, have I done this? Because it is hard for us. It is hard when you feel slighted or when you're having a disagreement with your husband or when something is not going right in your marriage to run to mom, to run to dad. Um, and that's the worst thing. That's that, one, of the, one of the worst things yeah, you can do. Yeah, that is the worst thing you can do. You need to turn around. You need to face your husband. You need to address the situation and not rely on mom and dad to solve your problems for you, you need to look to your husband to lead your family. So like, just think about what that does when, when I choose to run to, you know, my, my former, my, my not former family, former family. but <laughs> when I choose to run to <laughs> Sorry, my, mom and dad. when I choose to run to my parents, <laughs> when I'm having an issue with my, with my spouse, what does that do? It sows discord with my spouse. Because now she is mad at me because I'm always running to my parents and I'm telling them the things that she's doing. It it sows discord between her and between them because now they're like, well, you treat my daughter that way. You treat my son that way. That's not going to happen. Yeah. And then and and then the one spouse, you know, who is left behind is, you know, left kind of formulating opinions about. Hey, what are they saying to her? Right, what are they right. saying to him? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so so let me just speak to the to the husbands real quick because I think this is a great a great point for me to just kind of insert this thought here that if our wives are called to companionship and if part of that companionship is leaving and cleaving to us as now their their husband as their spouse that I have to sow within her life trust and and an understanding that I'm going to be loyal to her no matter what comes our way no matter what difficulties we face I'm going to be loyal to her so Proverbs 17 17 a friend loveth at all times um, and a, a brother is born for adversity 
And so, you know, I think that for husbands, it's important for us to understand that one of my wife's needs is loyalty, especially in this area when we're talking about leaving and cleaving. Sure. And and also, I think that it helps not just to leave your family, but to cleave to your husband, Mm -hmm. you know, to foster that um, relationship and develop that friendship. Um, So, ladies, how are you doing in this area? How can you be a good companion to your husband? Are you doing a good job? Do you make time for him? That's really hard. I mean, we we a lot of times have tons of stuff on our plate. The I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm audibling. Is that a thing? I don't even know. I'm audibling. You're listening to a book a on book. Audible. I think a lot of people, when they listen to books on Audible, say that they're reading them. I think that's a thing. I think that's a thing. But you're not really reading. You're listening. I've never audibled anything, so I don't know. So I'm listening to this book, and and it's all about, like, our life, our pace of life, how we're distracted by all kinds of What's the name of, of the book? They might want to listen to it or read it. Do you remember? Uh, it's so on That's my the phone. problem with listening to the it's book. It's by it's like John Eldridge. <laughs> Getting Your Life Back, I think is okay, what it's yeah, called. I think that's what you told me last night. Um, I'm like, I know who the author is. It's on my phone. Um, but it is all about like being intentional with your time and, and how it, it, is, it is affecting us when we are not intentional with our time in the society in which we live today. And we can bounce from one thing to the next thing. And maybe all these things are good. Um, but, you know, especially ministry is very, very busy. And I know everybody, everybody else has their things too. Their, your kids have soccer games or basketball or, you know, your kids in cello or karate or um, you have this going on or maybe you commute so you live really far away from your job and you have to drive a long ways every day. And, I mean, it's just so many different things happening. And the, the pace of life that we keep is so, I don't know, it's like light speed that it's hard to stop and make time for your spouse. Yeah, I think this is especially true for ladies, for moms specifically, because right. you're the taxi driver many times. You're the you're the homemaker. You're the one that's responsible, that's taken on the responsibility for you know making dinner that night and making sure that it's going to be made. And and we guys, you know, we don't we don't think about those things many times. Like we just come home and, you know, we go to the pantry and we open the door and we start eating a bag of chips or whatever <laughs> it is that we see first. And so, but I think for, for, for ladies that just because of the, the roles that, that many of you fulfill many times that you are super busy and you are constantly all over the town and all over the place, you know, running from here and there and getting groceries and taking kids and doing this and doing that. And so, you know, I think for all of us, what you just said is incredibly important, but especially for ladies. Right. And and for for me in particular, I know I've said this to you a hundred times. It's not just physically busy. It's like my mind. My mind is going, yeah. going, going, going. And I have like I said to him, it feels like my brain has five hundred and seventy two tabs open right now. <laughs> and I just can't keep up. I'm like, what are you thinking about right now? And he's like, nothing. nothing. <laughs> I'm like a penny for your thoughts. He's like. I'm not thinking about anything. <laughs> like, how is that even possible? Because my brain is constantly on fire. It's like constantly going. 
And that's how, that's really how men and women are wired differently. Like men can think about nothing, believe it or not, right. ladies. These are one of these intrinsic genetic differences that yeah. we were discussing. And so it's not just like, am I physically busy? Is it, am I distracted? Am I distracted with my thoughts? Am I distracted with the next thing on my to-do list? Am I distracted or do I take time to talk? Wow. To stop and talk and listen to my spouse, that is a rare gift to be able to communicate with each other in silence and peace and really to be able to get our point across. Um, it's important, but we rarely make time for that. Do you date your spouse? We talk about it all the time and we joke about it. Oh, I don't have time to date. I haven't been on a date in a year. You guys, that's not good. <laughs> like it, it is, you know, something that we struggle with. Yes, but it is so vital to make that, to strengthen, to strengthen that relationship and make that a priority in your life. Do you flit from one busy activity to another side by side, but not really together? How are you ladies doing in the area of companionship? Yeah, and that's it's a tough one because we lead busy as Americans, we lead busy lives. Really people all over the world lead busy lives. And so this is a this is a tough one I think for both men and women, but specifically for ladies and especially since there is that calling in scripture for companionship. Right. So, companionship. Women, we were created to be companions for our husbands. But the next thing we're going to talk about is being a suitable help meet. Help meet for him. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? I don't know. It's not a bad thing. I, it feels like a bad thing. It feels like, okay, I'll tell but you what But this is like. God's calling on your life. Is, that's what it says in Genesis 2. Well, that's what I'm getting at. Genesis 2, 18. Can you read that for us again? Yeah. Um, actually, no, because I'm in Proverbs. Give me just a second. I can flip back. <laughs> Come on, there. man. Um, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. So the idea of a helper makes me feel like I just get to come alongside and assist someone who's going to accomplish something significant. He could do it with or without me. But he needs a but maybe a little bit of assistance to get it done faster. It feels it really does feel insignificant. It feels like you get to be the CEO of a corporation, and I get to be your lowly assistant. Right. I think the reason that that feels insignificant many times though is because there's you, you know there's a misunderstanding of that word right. and what it means. And and that's what we're gonna look at right now. That's not exactly what this phrase means. So, so the English, the simple English word helper doesn't fully encompass what the writer intended. The Hebrew phrase is ezer kenegdo. Did wow, I say that right? I'm, I'm impressed. Ezer. Nobody's going to know if kenegdo. you said that right. It is kenegdo. There might be a few people kenegdo. that know, but. If you are a Hebrew scholar, don't call me. <laughs> This is this no. This is intentional and specific. Like the definition, the words he uses here are on purpose. So azer. Let's talk about what it means. Um, the Hebrew word means aid or succor, help, rescue, save. Um, and we see this word used most in reference to God. 
In Psalm 115, verse 11, it says, Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help. That's the word right there. The Lord is their help and their shield. In Psalm 121, verse 1, it says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. That is just two references. There are so many, and there's a ton of them in Psalms. Ladies, the same word that is used for us to to help, to rescue, to save, that is used for God. And the idea that keeps coming to my mind is that, yeah, we need God's help. We can't succeed without him. Um, So that tells me that, that this is an important role, and it's a necessary role. The fact that this particular word is used to reference how we need God to help us and save us in times of trouble indicates a, de- a, de- a dire necessity. Yeah, and I think there, there is that, that necessity. That's why God created marriage. That's why, I mean, God says there in that verse, in verse 18 of Genesis chapter 2, I will make a help meet for him. This is a, a this isn't just something that, you know, is, is a desire of his. This isn't just something that I, I feel like would be a blessing to him, although it is that. This is something that he needs. He needs a woman to come alongside him and to help him. Right. And, and the fact that it's the same word that he uses to reference himself is just, it, te- it allows me to accept it easier. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Like, if God can use that word of himself then he's not degrading me right. by using that yeah. word. And I think that that our culture has kind of taught us that, that, oh, the, the biblical view of women is a degrading view. But when you actually understand and you study the way that God views women and the, the pedestal that he gives them, it's, it's not that he's degrading women. He's, he's actually... You know, he, he's actually teaching us as men that they're valuable. They have great worth. Right. So just as we need God's help, our husbands need our help. It's essential to his success. Yeah. And there, there is, can I, can I say there is an aspect of being a help me that you are a helper to your husband. I mean, that is what the word, there's that chair again. Um, you need a new one, chair. One time or every WD-40. episode. WD-40. But, um, I don't even remember what I was saying now, but you you are to be a help to your husband. You are to be that person that comes alongside him and that, that, you know, helps him. And, and guys, we ought to be a big fan of our, for, for our wives. This will help her to help us. If I can support her, if I can encourage her. So I think of Proverbs chapter, um, chapter 27, verse 17, um, iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. And so if I can be that person that even for my wife, I'm her fan, I'm her motivator. It makes this responsibility of hers so much easier for me to, to, to give towards me, to be my help meet. Right. And so our husband needs our help. It is essential to his success. But the word azer is also used. I say azer. I think it's azer. My bad. Wrong emphasis. It's also used in battle. It is a term for military help, like reinforcements in battle that help to fortify or ensure a victory. So basically, it means a strong helper. Because it's a battle term, it's like um, it kind of just shows us that it's a strong, powerful 
and effective type of help. The fact that this particular word is used indicates our necessity, but it also indicates our strength. Our husband needs our power and reinforcement. Okay, so let me say this as as a husband, that what your the the words that you say to me and the affirmation that you give to me are incredibly important and empowering. And so that the 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 flip side of that is true as well. The words that you say to me, the affor- the 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 criticism that you give to me is incredibly important and can be destructive. Mm. And so ladies, I think it's important for you to understand that for your husband as well. That the words that you say to him are some of the most powerful words that are spoken into his life. And powerful can be positive or it can be negative. And so you have the power literally with your words and with the 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 way that you speak to your husband and the way that you help your husband, the way that you come alongside your husband, you have great power in, in his life to affect him for the positive or to affect him for the, the negative. And I think it's important. And, and by the way, the husbands, the same would be true of us for our wives. I think it's important for us to realize and understand that. Right. That's a really, really great point. Uh, we are. I'm glad that you affirmed my point. <laughs> That made me feel so much better about it. Ladies, <laughs> you're hilarious. <laughs> Ladies, we have more power than we realize, and that's the point. The point is we are important. We are necessary. We are strong. We are powerful, and we are effective. I mean, that battle term there is basically talking about, hey, fortifying someone in battle so that they can win the victory. In the battle. If, if they don't have the fortification, they won't. So what you're saying is, just to clarify, that the word help meet is not, is not that you're like on a lower level. It's that you are coming beside your husband. And this is a, a strong word. This is a word of strength. It's not that you're, you're, you're better than him. It's not that you're more powerful than him. It's not that you're in control, but it's that you have a great impact and effect on your husband's, um, your husband's ability to lead. Right. And I think far greater than we even realize. Mm-hmm. I mean, based upon what you just said, you know, you say you, it really builds me up. It really empowers me, but it also can really destroy me. And I think we don't measure our words carefully enough. Um, we don't measure our reactions carefully enough because we don't realize the strength and the power that we do wield. Okay, so we talked about Azer, and the next half of this is Kenegdo. Did I say that right? Connecto. I don't know. I did. Your guess is as good as mine. No, I have the pronunciation here in my notes because I overprepare. Connecto. <laughs> <laughs> it's the phrase. Azer is the first part. Azer connecto is the second part. Connecto means suitable. That's the word in the in the verse that we've translated as suitable. And basically, what that means is like opposite of him. They uh, basically it means separate but equal like two important pieces of a puzzle that fit together or like um, a bird that has two wings, you know, on opposite sides, doing opposite things, but working together. Um, so it's, it's an indication here, this word that, that we use in this phrase or he, that basically God uses in this verse 
are showing us that he views men and women as equal, like opposite to him. He's not saying better. He's not saying worse. He's saying opposite to him. And that goes back to the idea of being complementary. Um, we're not better than him. We are not in, uh, we're not better than him, sorry. But we're not incapable and therefore lower on the totem pole. We are equal, but we are different. And it's hard sometimes to accept that because different feels unequal, right? Yeah, and I think this is the importance of our of understanding our um, complementary roles. That's 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 really the key word here. I think is that you know God has not he he's given the responsibility of headship and leadership to the husband. And he's given the responsibility of help meet and submission and all of these other things that we've talked about today. He's given those responsibilities to the wife. Neither of those are, did my voice just crack there? That was weird. Neither um, of those. <laughs> <laughs> neither of those are, necess- are, are, are more important than the other. They both are equally important. And we both are equally important to God. And I think that's what we have to understand. And guys, we have a, we have a great power and position of servant leader. And wives, you have a great power and position of compl- uh, uh, um, uh um, what was the first, the C word that we talked about? Companion companionship. of companionship and, and help, <laughs> help me coming alongside and being there and empowering and helping your husband to, to be all that he can be in, in Christ. Right. So we, as women have this role to be companions, to be helpmeets, And that role is important, necessary, strong, yeah. powerful, yeah. effective, equal, And ladies, what you need to understand is that you are called to go to battle for your husbands. You are called to go to battle for your families. This is your calling. This is your role in the family. Your husband needs you to be strong for him. He needs you to come alongside and battle with him. Um, It's not for the weak of heart. It's definitely not for the weak of heart. It's a huge calling. Yeah, it's it's big. It's a lot of work. Um, The Bible tells it that tells us that there's a spiritual battle raging and we can't sit on the sidelines because we're just a helper and expect our husbands to bear the brunt of the battle that's taking place when Satan is trying to steal and kill and destroy our homes and our marriages, our children, our families. We need to come alongside him and help him as we fight that fight side by side. And we as husbands need to recognize and and affirm our wives in that battle and understand that that's part of their role and we need that that assistance and we need that help from them right so what does this look like honestly it looks very different in every family um i think the roles remain the same the leader and the helper roles, but depending on your personalities, your dynamic, your circumstances, your culture, it could look a million different ways, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's certainly going to look different in your house than it does in ours. Sure. It, it's not always a leave it to beaver. He, he yeah, goes, that, that might be the case. He goes to work, that a successful job, and comes home each day where Miss Cleaver has his slippers and his food on the table and his house completely <laughs> clean and she looks beautiful. And the children are all obeying. Maybe for some people. You're yeah, right. Maybe yeah. for some people, maybe in some cultures. But maybe it's not 
how your dynamic is. Yeah. And that's okay. As long as you recognize that he is the leader and you are the helper. That communication is key for sure. sure the important sure. thing is that you discuss your expectations and your roles with one another, that you ask him how you can help him, that you let him lead without trying to be manipulative or demand your way, um, and that you're focusing on your responsibility in the relationship because you can only control yourself, right? Yeah. What do I need to do? What do I need to do better? Instead of pointing fingers to him and saying, you're not leading, right? you have to ask yourself, am I helping? the way that God wants me to help. Yeah, so this in your context may look different than it does in someone else's context, and that's okay. It's not better. It's not worse. It's not. It's just different, it's right? It's just different. But, but I, I think the other important thing is there might be some of you out there saying, yeah, but my husband is not saved, or my husband is ungodly, or my husband is backslidden, and we're going to talk about that in in, uh, in the next episode. Right. Um, we're and barely so, scratching the surface Yeah, here. I mean, there's, there's so much here, and certainly the list of the husband's expectations or the wife's expectations is not exhaustive, but we're doing the best we can with the time we have. And so um, we're looking forward to next week's conversation. We're going to continue this conversation next week and hopefully answer maybe some of those questions that might be running around in some of your minds. Right. And maybe talk about how that dynamic works in our family. Yeah. I think people would want to know that. But anyways, maybe. there was a lot here <laughs> because I'm an overprepare. But we're just scratching. It was the good surface. stuff. It was, it was, it was good, good stuff. stuff. Good conversation. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I right. am affirming you as my wife right now. And I'm helping you by doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, guys, thanks so much for joining us this week. We look forward to being back with you again next week. Join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash the he said, she said podcast. And hey, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, would you mind sharing it with a friend? Maybe just find somebody that you know could benefit from it and just share it with them. And then uh, give us a, a review on iTunes as well. That would help us out um, or wherever you listen to this podcast. But thanks so much for being a part of the He Said, She Said family. And we look forward to being back with you next week. Have a great week. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us this week on He Said, She Said. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave us a review, subscribe, and tell a friend. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it's been a blessing.